This episode is brought to you by the Kindness ATM, the coolest and surest way to spread kindness. If you're in Florida, get $50 off your Kindness ATM sponsorship, sending a DM on Instagram at kindness underscore ATM with the code JLP. Make it a kinder world. Jewish Latin Princess episode 116, Chaya Torn, painter and watercolor artist. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Great to be back here. I am definitely back in uh, some sort of routine after my children's winter break and my parents' visit, which was wonderful. You know, I love routine. In fact, one of the things I'm trying to do is to meal plan. Yes, I'm giving this a shot. If you either know me or if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that this has been a bit of a struggle in the past for me, but, um, and I, w- I never really got into it, but I'm determined to give it a shot again with the encouragement and the great tips from many of you on Instagram. So thank you very much. Yes, I will continue to meal plan for now and see how it goes for me so far so good. I figured I'm disciplined about planning my money and my financial life and um, producing this podcast and everything else. I mean, I can get disciplined about planning and producing my meals, right? And on that note, I also wanted to give you an update and let you know that if you haven't heard my appearance on Kayla Levin's podcast, First Year Married. I was there about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks. I was speaking on about money dates, the why, the what, and the how. And so I invite you all to take a listen. I think you will enjoy it and appreciate it. And you might benefit a lot from what I had to say. So head over to First Year Married on your podcast player and you can find me on episode 55. And as a compliment to that interview, I created a checklist, uh, like a guide to doing these money dates for all of Kayla's listeners. But of course, you are welcome to it as well. So um, through on that checklist, I walk you through eight dates and the prompts and the things to discuss, um, etc. It's very structured. And this will get you set up so that you can carry on with your money dates going forward. I think you're going to find it really helpful. Uh, You can access that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date. And let me know how you like it. And if you do start your money dates, tag me on Instagram, maybe use the hashtag money date, I would love to see. And as always, questions, concerns, anything is welcome. In fact, I should let you know that um, you should send those into me quickly, because I'm in the middle of producing uh, next next um, Ask Yael episode, which is coming up. And it's going to be with fellow money nerd and creator of Kosher on a Budget, Mara Strom. You might remember her. She's been here on the past and she's fantastic. And we will be answering some of your money questions. So thank you for sending those already. Really very great, great questions have come up. But if you have more, any more, any other concerns, please send those my way pronto because we will be recording soon. Now, speaking of routine and of money, let me tell you that today I have someone with whom I also speak a lot about routine and habits and discipline. And well, about how she took the leap of faith to start making money off of her art. That is, yes, to treat it as her full-time business and not a side gig. My guest is Chaya Torn, and she is a watercolor artist and a painter, and she does a beautiful job. I'm actually privileged to have one of her pieces in my home. It was a gift that I made, my husband and I made for our, our daughter for her bras mitzvah. Um, and it's just magnificent. So Chaya and I get a chance to talk about the creative process, how it works, um, the financial considerations behind this leap of faith and more. And I have to say, it's just so refreshing for me to hear young women taking risks. Um, I, in a way, I wish I had taken more risks when I was younger. I think I played it a little bit safe. Um, Although I do have to say that it is a different world. Um, The internet and social media has opened up so many, um, so many opportunities for an entrepreneur and so many ways that we can define our our own unique path in whatever field we want. Uh, So it's definitely a different world from the one that I the professional world as it was when I was in my early 20s. So anyway, let's hear from my delightful guest. Here's Chaya Torn. 
Chaya Torn, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Such a great pleasure to have you on the show. Chaya, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. You know that we've been trying to get together for a while. I've been a long time admirer of your work. um, And I've somewhat followed your journey from having your you know, your your art be sort of a side hustle and then eventually taking a leap of faith into full-time artist. And so I really want to start off by exploring that process um, before I we even jump into more personal aspect of how of, of the of the craft of your art. Yeah. Um, because I think this is at the point where you are now where when I met you a while ago, we never met personally, but when I first found out about you and I started admiring your work from afar, this was kind of a side hustle. And then eventually I saw that this is your thing. You're doing this full time. A hundred percent. You took this leap to full on entrepreneurship and art. So how did this happen, this leap? Well, a hundred percent. It is such a, not such a long story, but it is definitely one that I am very proud of as it is not so easy to take that you know, big leap of faith. Um, I initially was always a creative person. And I think that you find that a lot with artists. Um, I tried many, many various uh, mediums, including photography, music. um, And specifically, I would say in my high school years, I really started gravitating to painting. And I actually didn't even start painting. I was um, really focusing on drawing. So with a pencil, and I was... um, drawing very realistic um, themes and paint was something I was very scared of Mm. um, because, you know, paint has to do with a lot of color and it's not always perfect and it takes um, a lot of time and I'm essentially a perfectionist a bit. So that was very scary to sort of um, take that leap just to start painting. Were you taking classes like drawing lessons or this was just something you would do at home? So yeah, I I get this question a lot, you know, are you self taught or not? Um, This was this whole process took place in high school, we had an elective. So you know, there was a room with, I'd say 20 or so girls, um, and we were just all creating, but this was not a one on one art lesson at all. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, I sort of learned organically. um, But my art teacher one day just came over to me and she she essentially told me, you are playing it way too safe. And she like took away my pencils. I remember it being a little bit traumatic. And she said, here's a paintbrush. I need you to start challenging yourself. Mm, nice. And yeah, it's a little bit of like a magical story. I'm sure you didn't appreciate it at the moment, but I think it's great. Yes, I, I really look up to this teacher. She actually, she pushed me so much, you know, out of my comfort zone. And ever since then, I literally have not turned back from from painting. So that's how initially I sort of found um, painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the years, you know, when I went to Israel and I did my gap year there, I was just so inspired by all the amazing Judaic artwork. As you probably know in Israel, yeah. it is everywhere. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this is so me doing um, Judaica art, using those themes and using my talent and putting the two together was something that was so natural for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, slowly that progressed, you know, it became a hobby and something that I really took seriously. Um, And then I slowly began selling my work. And that is also a whole nother um, story because you need to find that confidence to sell your work and start growing. And slowly but surely, I just started building up, um, a platform on social media and just continuously sharing. And I, here I am now, I quit my job and um, I don't like to say quit. I like to say moved on Mm -hmm. and I am doing this full time. You know, it's like it's social media, Instagram in particular has given such a platform for creatives like yourself to really be able to build that audience of potential customers, right? A thousand percent. You know, it is so amazing. I, I owe a lot of gratitude to Instagram and these platforms. Um, you know, but I do definitely think that um, you do have to think forward and think of the next step. So I'm always 
trying to see what I, where I can grow and where I can sort of spread my work outside of the social media platforms as well. So it's a balance. Right. But to be fair, also, I think you need to know, you know, it's it's even though we have those platforms, it's it's not as easy, right? Like you need to know no. how to, you need you need to know yeah. photography a little bit, right? Yeah. You need to yeah. be constant, consistent is the word I'm looking for, right? There's a lot that goes into it. A thousand percent. I mean, as a perfectionist and somebody that really values, you know, a beautiful display in terms of, of let's say, an Instagram feed or the way I am presenting or posting my work. I think I've learned the most from honestly looking at other people that are successful mm-hmm. um, and seeing how they do things. And and ultimately, when I get questions, I love to share the information that I've learned and sort of pass it on to others because I think that it perpetuates just an amazing community of artists and people that are are helping each other. And if you have your own style and your own unique way of doing it, um, I believe that nobody can replicate that. So just sharing what you know um, is just something that I really also value in terms of my of my platform and my presence on Instagram. Beautiful. And what about your family, your immediate family? Where I, mm-hmm. I also know that you're recently married. So also yes. your husband, how did he take to this evolution? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was um, something that I was actually a bit nervous about, um, being that, um, you know, I grew up with definitely the mindset of, you know, going to school, getting your degree and really excelling in something that's more academic. I definitely felt that a bit but at the same time this was always something that um i knew i wanted to really jump into um and when i approached my parents and sort of said you know hey mom and dad or hey husband i think this is something that i really feel passionate about they just took one look at me and said you know you got this mm-hmm. and um i think this also ties into um something that's important to talk about but um, the persona and stigma of a starving artist versus a thriving artist. Oh, yes. Talk to me um, about that. Yeah. Um, you know, there are so many people that have the talent, that have the um, creative mind and ideas, but at the same time, monetizing that and also becoming successful in what you're doing um, is such a struggle. So, To put it very simply, the way I think about it, when people ask me this question, you know, how do you succeed? How do you monetize your work? How do you become successful? Mm -hmm. All I like to say is that a starving artist is really just a thriving artist who hasn't developed the skill and the habits that it takes to become successful. Well, I think the key word here is habits, right? Yes. Yes. Because... I mean, a starving artist can paint all day and all night, but if they don't have the the skill and the habits to share their work and sort of, you know, work, I'm trying to word this properly because it's so, it's so, there's such a subtle difference, mm-hmm. but I really do think that it's an attitude. And if you do think of yourself as a as a starving artist, then you won't be able to get where you want to be. Right, right, right. It's it's almost like you have to build the discipline of number one, the creative process and yes. disciplines of producing consistently. Yes. But yes. also the disciplines to to build that other side, which is putting your work out there, putting a price tag on it and marketing it and, you know, making the world know about it. Not, it's not going to yes. sit in your studio. A hundred percent. So yeah, that, that first process, which you talked about is really important because to get your feet off the ground, you need to produce, right? If mm-hmm. you have a store and you don't have any product to sell or to share, then your store is essentially empty. So for me, that means that making sure that I have time to either paint naturally with no outside pressure, but just forcing myself to get into that studio and say, even if it's five minutes a day, I'm doing something. I am creating, I am in that zone. And then there's the whole other aspect of marketing, which I believe is what a lot of artists, um, you know, lack in terms of knowledge. 
and confidence. And confidence, yes, yes. So, 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 how would you do? You split your time fifty fifty. You would say, what would you say is a fair percentage? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a good question. Um, I did mention very briefly that I um, did um, move on from my um, full time teaching in a Montessori school, so it has definitely been a balance, sort of creating my own schedule, you have to be very, very disciplined. So I just try to, um, for me personally, this doesn't work for everybody. But I really do need to um, step into my studio organically, it can't be forced Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So what I usually do is give myself a three hour span, and sort of say, anytime where I step into my studio within these three hours, I'll turn off my phone, I'll put on a timer for at least an hour and I'll say, okay, this is, this is my time. And if I, uh, if I step in, you know, a little bit after those three hours, that's okay too. But I'll always sort of put that timer on, on my phone and just say, this is going to be my time to create. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not feeling it too, that's okay. You know, because, um, you can't force yourself to create something personally, but this is how it works for me. Right, but at least setting your day up that you tr- attempt to block that time. Yes. And that you uh-huh. attempt on something, even if it doesn't, I guess what I'm hearing is even if it doesn't yield too much, you did something, you picked up your brush. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I think that um, also gives confidence to yourself, you know, and you could you, every single time you step in there, even if it's five minutes a day, and you look back at your day, you could say, you know what, I walked in there, and I tried, I did give something. And that helps um, your confidence. Because um, for me, I need to feel like I'm producing, and I'm growing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then how much time do you spend Mark? You have to post on Instagram probably every day, <laughs> do you? Um, so I mean, have to is like a strong word. What, yeah. do, what do you what do you aspire to? Do you try to do it okay. every day? Well, I think that the people that are extremely successful on Instagram really do stick to this algorithm of posting at very specific times on very specific days. Oh, yeah, that this, makes me nervous already. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm too creative so, for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that I think that that is way too um, lofty and really Rigid. just out of my yeah, that is completely out of my um, ability to do so. For me, um, I I really try to whenever I feel overwhelmed from the in- the Instagram sort of or social media aspect, I really do take a step back and I just try to post when I can and just it's it's there. I have no um, no algorithm. I just try to do it as as stress free as possible. That is my um, my way to go. <laughs> well, you do a really nice job of doing what you do your videos and your pictures etc oh, thank et you I mean it's really beautiful and um, thank you, know, you so much yeah um, so it's it's again it's a two-part not not only is the work beautiful but the way to market it is also done with a lot of thought so and I think people appreciate that so Haya what about the financial implications of this shift I mean did you how did you prepare for that did, I know that you probably at this point had knew that you there was some demand for your work you had been selling mm-hmm. some some art on the side so but but did you was it a conscious did you have a conscious plan did you run some numbers uh-huh yeah this is a huge question and was definitely a concern for me going into this and this is actually a lot of the um I wouldn't say criticism but the um backlash that I was getting from anybody who was asked you know when I told them I was going full-time they mm-hmm. would say well how are you going to support yourself you know, um, so I did make a plan, um, a structured plan of um, basically establishing that I would have passive income, which is what I get from my prints or things, you know, my online shop where I have my work listed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and also just following up with clients um, in terms of private commissions, which uh-huh. are private paintings that I create, which I don't even post or share many times. But um, that's where the real money maker is in terms of my business. Um, and then the other aspect are the little projects that I do every once in a while, which are my um, holiday cards or, you know, those type of things definitely bring some income in 
throughout the year sporadically. Um, but that is essentially my little um, structure of how I was going to support myself. So you did, you definitely did plan. And, and your husband, what did he, what did he think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, thank God I am so grateful to have such a supportive husband. He is actually a full-time student. Um, and he, but he took one look at me and saw that I was so driven and just said, we are going to make this happen and I will do anything and everything to make sure that you're happy. And essentially that's what I need to do in order to, um, be a functional human being. I need to make sure I'm doing what I love. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't think I would have been able to take this leap if I, um, didn't have that business aspect to my, to my, um, personality because, Mm -hmm. It really is something that you need to um, be on top of in order to pay your bills. In order to make it happen, it is hard work. It's not something that just, you know, you show up to work from nine to five and then you leave. This is a 24 hour, 24 hour job, 24 seven. 24 six. <laughs> 24 six, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's an interesting book that it's called, I don't know if you ever got your hands on it. I think it's Daily Rituals, something like How Great Ma- Minds um, Take Time and Find Inspiration and Get to uh-huh. Work or something like that. Daily Rituals, that's what it's called. Well, uh-huh. I don't know how. But anyway, the point of the book is something that we, I just remembered, something that we were just mentioning that most creative people have daily rituals and that you know, these, these rituals, this uh, discipline, I guess, breeds creativity, it's kind of like, you know, the soil that the the invention needs for, you know, for it to flourish. Um, Yes. And you know, I was actually just talking to somebody about this. They were um, a fellow artist was telling me that she was a little bit um, in a rut, and sort of just sort of stuck Mm -hmm. in her creative process. Mm -hmm. And she told me, you know, forcing myself to paint, doesn't help me or I don't even know what she was she wasn't talking about painting something else um and I sort of told her that um at least from what I believe and based on my experiences a lot of time when you are stuck or you feel like you can't create it's not really because you're in a creative rut I would say I think it's more it more has to do with like your emotional side and how you're feeling about your general life I feel Mm -hmm. like creative people are very very emotional and in touch with themselves and a lot of times um if something is, is causing you stress or anxiety it really really does affect the way that you want to um produce and create i mean it's like if you're in a bad mood you don't want to create a you know a five-star meal for your family for dinner you just want to <laughs> pop in mm-hmm. some some hot dogs into the oven because you're just not feeling it um and creating is sort of like that you want to create your best and be at your best all the time. But if you're not in the right space and the right mind, it, it doesn't come naturally. So I think that is the most important, at least I find in, in my process in my life, making sure that I have a lot of self-care in every single aspect of my life helps me be successful and create. Right, I think that's a good point. It doesn't necessarily come naturally, but having the structure to try to um, at least a framework where you're like you said before that you have those three hours of the day that yes are not going to be interrupted by anything else kind of like if you're going to the gym right that's the space the time that you blocked for that um, yeah to attempt I don't know not necessarily think that you need to force it because if it's not happening it's not happening um, yes you know I, for me with writing it just like sometimes it happens that I just sit well this morning I just sit and I do research and I type and I type mm-hmm. and I type and the story's not happening uh-huh and very yeah. often I just need to step back for a number of hours a couple of days until all the thoughts kind of like yeah I do that all the time in my brain <laughs> and all of a sudden it flows but gosh it's like painful because I know there's a story there I just can't make it you know it doesn't come exactly when I <laughs> when I need it <laughs> yeah you know I'm, I understand you completely I mean you're talking about a few days I go I'll paint something and I'll leave it for months uh, and then I'll uh, come back to it months later and I'll finish it in an hour because I just have this all this energy that I've been like saving for this piece and it'll just come 
come out of me. So right. I, I, you know, it's, it's a funny balance. And I think that um, as long as you're doing everything to take care of yourself emotionally and you are, I, there are so many little aspects that attribute to success, but even having a clean studio, oh, having please, a yes. space, you know, I'm a b- big believer in that, making sure that everything around you besides your creativity is organized and good then the rest will come. That is my, that's my belief and sort of what I um, tell others and other artists. I believe it. It's true my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. So Chaya, where does this, uh, this is a perfect segue for my next question. Where does uh-huh. that inspiration come from for you? Um, <laughs> what, 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 what drives you? Uh, that is a very good question. Um, you know, it, <laughs> I don't know if I have an answer for this. I, I think that um, very simply, I would say that I have no clue where my inspiration comes from. <laughs> I think that um, God gave me a gift. Um, and this is how I view it. He gave me a gift where um, I naturally want to share my thoughts and just put it onto a canvas. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But innately, I, I have that that inner desire to um, create. So it's always there. It depends if it's, you know, in my forefront or not. But yeah. Um, Does anybody else in your family have the creative gene? Yes. Yeah, um, I do. My grandmother is a an amazing artist that I really look up to. Um, and my great grandfather um, was a painter in really? Tunisia. Yeah. So he it, it's I definitely have it in the blood. That's so nice. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> it is very cool. <laughs> it's really, really nice to see how it just kind of runs in the family, not to discount the um, the importance of hard work, <laughs> you know, like natural talent gets you to a certain place, but uh, hard work is really what distinguishes uh, yes. people, I, I think. 100- I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned your grandmother, Chaya. Any Jewish yes. women who who serve as role models in your life? And can you tell us a little bit about them? Or her? Sure. Um, you know, well, I love my grandmother. She's one of, I was always very close with her growing up. And I think that um, she had this little studio in a downstairs in her basement in a little closet that she had transformed. And I remember always. Where was this? This is in Muncie. She lives uh-huh. in New York. Um, she is originally from Tunisia. Um, oh. She met my grandfather and uh, moved to New York and raised all of my aunts and uncles. Um, and she was always an artist, but she didn't really have much time, you know, raising nine children. But later on in her year, she definitely dipped back into it. And I just remember visiting and her showing me all of her little paintings and her drawings. And whenever she would come to visit, she would color with me and, um, you know, say, what do you want me to draw? And I would just watch her. And I admired her so much that I feel like that definitely has um, inspired me a bit. Um, In general, I would say I'm very inspired by any religious or Jewish woman who um, take it up a notch and do business and pursue what they love. So I'm definitely inspired by uh, many different Jewish women Mm. who just work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't mention before, but we are so blessed in our family to have one of your pieces that we gifted gifted (laughs) to my daughter. Um, One of your beautiful watercolors, a print of a watercolor. Yes. um, uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and it's just so stunning. Um, oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure for me to send it. I was so excited about it. I know. She was so happy. I just feel no. that it wasn't captured on camera or video so properly. Cause I know. You know what? I saw, I saw that post that you made. It looked incredible. So kudos to you for pulling off an amazing looking party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, really, really beautiful. Um, I know, Chaya, that you grew up here in Texas. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You are... Um, an emissary of the Lubavitcher Rebbe in your own yes. right through your parents, uh-huh. but in your own right. Um, yes. So tell us a little bit about that. And, and, you know, in some ways, I would maybe I'm making a huge assumption here. Uh-huh. But, um, y- you feel I'm assuming here that you feel like your art is probably a way of 
continuing that legacy of 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 being a shliach, of being a a, a mess, an emissary of the wisdom of our Torah and our Judaism. Um, would that mm-hmm. be fair? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't be more right. Like you hit that spot on because I really do believe that. Um, you know, just just the other a few months ago, I had um, one of my first shows here in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's nice. where I live right now. Um, and I had put up, you know, a few of my um, artworks and somebody, um, this was a Jewish festival, um, but, you know, all different types of Jewish people. And somebody walked by my booth and came up to me and, and he said, you know, he po- pointed to one of my, my pieces, which is, it was one of the Lubavitcher Rebbe pieces. And he said, is that Menachem Mendel Schneerson? And I said, yes, it is. I said, how did you, how do you know who that is? He was clearly not a um, um, religious or practicing um, religious Jew. And he, he just said, you know, this man changed my life. Wow. And he continued to tell me this incredible story about how he was inspired and by his teachings. And, you know, when I told him that I grew up as a, and my parents are emissaries of, of, of the Chabad, um, you know, Lubavitcher Rebbe, he was just blown away. Aww. So I really do feel that my artwork in general is a way to spread Judaism and um, that in a Really, when you look at a painting on the wall, it is supposed to evoke emotion. And specifically with Judaica art, it just makes you feel proud to be Jewish. And um, I'm so passionate about this subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did he buy the piece? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Shame. You know, he, he, he t- I did take his email, though, and um, he's I, on my email list now. I think so. you need to follow up with this gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think so, too. It's a potential client right there. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I had a question for you that I just lost. What was it? Something you said. <laughs> Oh, this never happens. I guess I'm so enamored by what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, because it, it is. It's so it's so important. And the truth is, there is. I I often give talks about. Um, I have a talk on the on the Jewish home where we talk about interior design actually and the inf- the intersection between interior design and architecture and mm-hmm. it goes to a lot of Kabbalah and whatever. But basically, one of the points of how to incorporate and then I show different practical examples of how to bring Yiddish guide Judaism into the home on a very practical level. And one of the things that I show is beautiful art. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned is that really a person who um, puts Jewish art on their wall, they're making a very bold and clear statement of who they are and their their pride in their heritage, like you said before. And I think it's, um, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. We need more yeah, I whenever I tell you know whenever somebody purchases something, when I always write a um, a handwritten personal note when I send out my artwork because mm-hmm. it is such a personal and beautiful thing. And I always say in my notes, I think like my my line that I always go to is, "I hope this brings inspiration and light to your home." And I really believe that it is um, it is more than just creating and selling my artwork and making money off of it. It is truly um, inspiring to me that something that I create with um, such pure intentions and with inspiration from um, Hasidism or Judaism, and when that goes on somebody's wall and they look at that, they're really connecting to my intentions, you know, and what I created. And um, it is such, it, essentially, it's just really beautiful. So I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel I feel that. At it's least. awesome. That, now I remembered what I wanted to ask you to mention before when we're talking uh-huh. about sharing and, uh, you know, being an emissary and all that, that mm-hmm. we, I hadn't mentioned and congratulations on the, the mention on the news about your Hanukkah yes. card tutorial. I mean, that was so cool. <laughs> That definitely was a surprise. Tell um, us, tell us a story, the behind the scenes. What happened? Yeah. There? Um, so you know, when Hanukkah was coming up, I um, made some beautiful Hanukkah cards, and I was really inspired to just share a bit of my knowledge and create a tutorial. I did it um, last time for um, Rosh Hashanah for the New Year, mm-hmm. so I was, I was just like, I'm going to do this for Hanukkah. So this was the first time, though, that I really created a 
tutorial video and went through the process and the steps. Um, and I just put it up on YouTube and Instagram. And a few days later, I don't know how it happened, but um, a producer from the show Right This Minute, which is a national television show, um, contacted me and she said, um, hi, I'm the producer of Right This Minute and I'm actually Jewish and I saw your tutorial and I would love to share it. So I get a lot of bogus emails, so I don't really this know what's, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I saw the heading at the bottom of the email and I was like, oh, okay, this is probably, this is probably real. Um, and I said, sure. And I thought they were just going to do a little write up, you know, because this is a national, um, TV show. So, mm-hmm. and anyways, a few days later, she sends me back like an email, like posted, you know, like we, we, we aired it. So I was like, okay. And I click on the link <laughs> and it was just an article. And then she sends me another email with like an attachment oh. and I click on the attachment and all of a sudden I see like four people just t- saying my name on national television <laughs> and discussing my cards. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> um, but I thought it was definitely so cool that Hanukkah and the, you know, that the story of, of the light and it, it was just not, it was on TV and it was televised Tremendous. and, it was so such a great moment for me. Very, very, very <laughs> cool moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a surprise. Yes, and and and, and, and an unexpected perk from the tutorial. Another, yes. Another nice part about this story is, you know, in the olden days, one would have think like, why would I share a tutorial and how I made this? You know, why would yeah. I want people to copy how I do it? <laughs> but. but but hey, I, I never do tutorials on the cards that I sell. Ah. <laughs> I do different ones. <laughs> but still, you know, there it's just the fact that you're sharing um, some knowledge and inspiring other people to create and to do something as beautiful. I mean, that's... Yeah, thank uh, you. I definitely think that whatever you put into the world, it really comes back to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like the biggest thing. And, you know, I was actually very nervous to post the tutorial. Um, I wasn't sure if this was my thing. Again, this was the first time that I had made a video like this. Um, and just the response was overwhelming. And I was like, wow, there's so there's so much that people want to see and want to learn. And, and if I can do that, and I can service other people, then why shouldn't I, you know? That's um, so cool. That's so, so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask you before, but I'm really curious, um, uh-huh. especially because we went, we delved into the entrepreneurial part of um, yes. of your life as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always good for people to, um, to also know that the reality behind, were there any challenges or have been, have been there? Oh, uh, have there been any challenges like yes. along the way and what uh-huh. would those be? Yeah, it's it's not all roses. Um, it's very, I mean, specifically for me, somebody who has a hard time sitting down for more than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to have all of this time throughout the day and, um, I'm pretty hard on myself if I don't produce or I don't paint. I get sometimes I get real bugged down, you know. Yeah. Why am why am I not creating more? I just, you know, I just moved on and I gave myself a whole day, but why am I not painting the whole day? Right, right. So again, that discipline, the struggle with that important discipline, but it's still a struggle. A hundred percent, and I deal with that every single day, and I don't think that it gets easier. I mean, maybe it does, but um, I think that. Um, that's there to challenge you. And just like if you were in a nine to five job, you have, you know, you have very different challenges. So definitely working on your own from home is something that I am still um, really trying to find that perfect balance between working, um, creating, and the social media aspect, and also doing home chores. So, (laughs) you know, between all of that, it's it's still a balance. Um, And I think that's the hardest part, finding that balance to really incorporate everything that you need to succeed. Right. And there is no balance. I guess it's like frame. (laughs) Yeah, no, I could. Yeah. And then, and you know what? And then there's, um, you know, and then you have um, this break and that break and, you know, your husband's off from work. So you want to just go and, and, you know, you have the liberty to leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really do have to 
um, try to treat it as much as you can as a job and try to stick to that. Right, um, right, right, but right, that's, right, right. that's that in short. <laughs> yeah, Hi, you know, you, you so connected to your Judaism, it's evident from your work, it's mm. obvious that your inspiration, um, even though you said you don't know where it comes from, it's obvious where it comes from, it comes from <laughs> your, your <Yeah>. roots. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So yes. I'm curious, if you had to define Judaism in one word, what would that be? What would you choose? Such a good question. Um, I would say meaning. Hmm. or meaningful. I think that um, somebody who, you know, as a, as a younger teenager, I really did challenge a lot of what I was raised with. And really? I had a lot of questions. Yeah. And I, throughout my teenage years, I gave my parents a bit of a hard time. Um, <laughs> but you sound so, so lovely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, I, I was a door slamming teenager back in the day. Um, you and mean there's light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I am a success story, but at the same time, I think that, um, questioning why I was living the way I was living as a religious and orthodox um, Chabad woman was something that has really helped me and emulated my my belief now. I think that if I wouldn't have, you know, questioned that, I would feel a lot um, a lot more disconnected to how I live my life. Um, and as a religious woman, almost every single aspect of your life is is weaved into that um, into the religion, and um, you know, so it's very very important to me that I feel strongly and live and breathe truth. This episode is brought to you by The Kindness ATM. Looking for a unique and meaningful way to show appreciation to members of an institution and reward them for their kindness? The Kindness ATM has you covered. Sponsoring The Kindness ATM could be a great personal project for your organization, for your kids' milestone birthdays. There are many ways in which you can help spread kindness through The Kindness ATM. The impact you will have in others' lives is priceless. If you're in Florida, you can get $50 off your Kindness ATM sponsorship by sending a DM to at kindness underscore ATM on Instagram with the code JLP. Offer applies to Kindness ATM sponsorships in the state of Florida. Yeah, so it's interesting that you said that the questioning um, played such a vital role. Were you, does that mean you were getting answers? Again, I wouldn't take um, any mediocre answer. I, a lot of times, you know, like, um, why why am I supposed to care about Shabbat? Why is that important to me? Um, Why do I dress modestly as a woman? And I I ask questions to a lot of people. It wasn't just to my parents or to people that I aspired to or high school teachers. I, I really, I really tried to get the most answers that I could and then sort of created my own answer that worked for me. So um, even when, you know, getting married and embarking on a um, on a journey to covering your hair, as as many uh, many religious and orthodox women do, that was something that I really needed to understand very deeply, mm-hmm. um, and sort of find your your the answers that speak to you. So um, you know, it's interesting but, you say that because as an artist, I guess it makes sense. But as an artist, I think you would also probably agree with the fact that there is a point where it just makes sense, not because of any intellectual reason, uh-huh. right, that we could yeah, be uh-huh. given or not. There is just that that faith, that leap of faith component to observance that and that. Yeah, yeah. That might be- I mean, I think everyone's very I think everyone's um, different in the way that they they think um, I am a pretty deep thinker. So sort of having that just that faith in general was I think was a little bit harder for me. Um, Uh I really did need to get those answers. But um, at the same time, there is just um, when I you know, you asked me, what what do I think of, you know, like when Judaism comes up, I, I said meaning right. at the end of the day, the way I've, I've grown up and the way I lead my life, it um, 
I find true meaning in it. And yeah. I think that every single thing that I do, there's, there's some significance behind it. I don't just go through the motions of my days and my years just um, doing things for myself. I do it for a higher reason. Right. And I think that that gives me, gives me something that, that I would never want to lose you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what you're saying is really, it's just, um, in a way, it's just a real Chabad philosophy in terms of it just really starts from the intellect. And those emotions come from the intellect. Yes, a thousand percent. Beautiful, beautiful. Chaya, let's wrap it up with um, some jail fill in the blanks. And this is part of the show where I'm going to give you an open ended sentence or statement. And you're going to finish with the first thing that comes to mind. No right or wrong answers here. Okay, let's do this. Okay. (laughs) I'm Chaya Taran. And I feel most spiritual when Um, I feel most spiritual when I teach and spread my knowledge of Judaism. Beautiful. My my favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is? Definitely baking challah. I really connect to that mitzvah. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Uh, Shabbat, like a Shabbat table, sort of just being with my family. Yeah, and you, you have a big family, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the oldest of six. And oh, you're the oldest. I am. I am an oldest of six, but plus 10 guests or so. So the family is definitely a lot bigger than than six children. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So how, how is it now that you're far away from, you know, your parents and your brothers and sisters? How does that? Um, uh, well, you know, I've been very independent and sort of traveled a lot through okay. through my years. So I think I, I think they miss me and I miss them. But we definitely see each other every once in a while. Um, I love Texas. I love going back there. Um, you know, born and raised there. So I definitely miss it. <laughs> well, now you're in the cold, no? It gets cold. Oh, yeah. Well, that that is very hard. For me. This is my second winter and I'm struggling. <laughs> it is hard. It is very difficult. Down here, you really, you just get used to this weather. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to New York in February. And honestly, I'm like dreading it. Oh, and good I'm, luck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the cold, you know? Yeah. Once it hits 50 degrees, I am in my full gear and everyone here is wearing flip-flops so yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's definitely funny you know they'll say you aren't from here are yeah, you and I'm like no nope. <laughs> I definitely am my fondest sweetest Jewish memory is oh we did that already yes something <laughs> something I wish I I had learned about Judaism growing up is um I definitely would have loved to learn more about um different Jewish communities whether it be you know I grew up with um, essentially not religious people that always were um, in my home. Our house was an open house where we really catered and served our community. But I didn't grow up with um, different Hasidic, um, different, you know, sects of Judaism um, and also non-Chabad um, people. So moving here to Cincinnati actually was such an eye-opener for me because um, there are many different types of communities here and just learning about their different cultures and um you know customs has been so eye-opening that um i sort of wish i was more exposed to that um at a younger age but um grateful for my experience now <laughs> beautiful when i get to daca i like to give to um an organization called bone olam oh what is that i don't know it do you not? Uh, this is all. I'm so glad that we are talking now. <laughs> um, I need to know about this. Tell me. Okay. Um, Bone Olam is a, which means um, building a world, mm-hmm. essentially, um, is a organization that helps um, emotionally, financially to couples who are going through infertility. Mm. Um, this is an organization that is huge and very, very close to my heart. Um, as somebody who has struggled a bit um, and been on the side where I have been struggling with infertility a bit. Mm-hmm. So this is not even a question for me. Um, all of my tzedakah goes there when I can. That is very nice to hear. Yeah. The, the, you know, to just um, feel the, the paying it back. I, I had a guest who once told me that she gives, she loves to give her money to Hatsala. And she said, you know, I owe, I have a huge debt of gratitude to them because yes. I had a time when they really saved me. So yeah, you know, for a long time, I, I, I don't think I really had a place where I would sort of 
automatically know where to give. It was sort of, you know, if I see somebody that's sick or somebody that's going through a hard time, then mm-hmm. I'll give there. But, you know, in the in the recent um, year or two, I've definitely been drawn to the organization and they do such amazing things. So if you are listening, definitely look up and learn more about Bonet Alam because they really create worlds for people. Um, and they are just an amazing, I have only amazing things to say about them. Very nice. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to be sure to link them to the show notes also. Okay, amazing. And finally, I'm Chaya Torn and today I'm most grateful for? Today, pizza. Pizza? <laughs> um, I, had, I had a lot of pizza today. Um, no, but on a serious note, I am very grateful for my family and the family support. Beautiful. And pizza. <laughs> and pizza. It's good to be yeah. grateful for the simple things in life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the simple things. That's exactly. really key to meaning and fulfillment, I would yes. say. <laughs> 100%. Hiya, where can we find you? I know you're all over Instagram, so tell us. Sure. Um, on Instagram, my um, handle is paintsbychaya. Um, and I have a website as well. Um, paintsbychaya.com and my website is more of where you can shop and I um, have my portfolio as well as a lot of other information on there so that's a great place to look if you're interested in purchasing or learning more about my process beautiful and if you're interested in commissions I like the sound of that oh uh, yeah contact <laughs> Haya directly either through her yes you can find my dm on Instagram yeah right? um, on Instagram you, there's a little bit of an, there's an email section on my profile where you could just um, you know sort of click on it and you can send me an email and we can communicate and go from there well hi I'm much at Slaka on this new journey I you definitely so have what it takes <laughs> thank you I appreciate that I can't wait I, I'm, I'm gonna continue following the journey and I'm sure we will stay in touch and I can't wait to hear back from you in the future and we might have many other successes to share thank you yeah, Al, for your time. And it was such a pleasure, really. Thank you. Thanks to Chaya Torn for stopping by. You can check out her work on her website, paintsbychaya.com or on Instagram at paintsbychaya. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I meant it. Please, please feel free to download that freebie on the money date at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date. It's a resource available for all of you. Um, And do please send any financial questions or marriage and money questions that you might have or really anything else that's on your mind. Send those my way as I have a great Ask Yael episode episode in the works and I'll be happy to answer you on on that upcoming episode we can keep it anonymous or either way I can answer you offline Um, happy to always chat and be available and that's a wrap ladies I hope you have a wonderful week I'm headed to a wedding tonight which is always super fun and you could probably catch it on my stories on Instagram see you here next week thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe on iTunes Leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.